Welcome to Third Chances, a talk show where we like to hear from people who devoted their life to health, fitness and wellness. Medical professionals, health coaches and all the others who help us every day to cure our body, mind or soul. Those who always look for more natural, holistic ways to help even more people to live a happier and healthier life. Those who don't like to give up easily and settle on you or themselves. It is never too late or too soon. I always believe that every one of us deserves not just a second chance, but as many as we need. I'm Vera, your host. Who better than a master of reinvention with an accent to guide you through it, right? Just like they say, you are not a tree, so move. And God knows I have done just that in my own life many, many times. If you are not completely happy with the direction your life is going, this show may help you get the courage to change what is needed, find a new path and take charge. So come on over, pour yourself a glass of wine and spend some time with us. Let's laugh and cry together and get inspired by people just like you and me who overcame their own doubts and took a leap of faith to reinvent their life on their own terms. I hope and pray that we help you on that journey. And if you feel so compelled and inspired, please let us know. Don't be shy. Who knows? You may just be our next featured guest with another inspiring success story. So here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Third Chances when I have to talk to people that have influenced lives help people and been involved in holistic healthcare for years. And my today guest is very unique because I have never met anybody who delivered over thousand babies. <laughs> Donalyn, it's such a pleasure and honor to have you here and uh, where, you, where you are calling from. I am calling from Valley View, Texas. It's a little town in North Texas about this big. And we're close to Gainesville, just south of the Oklahoma border. Yeah, and I have just been in Texas and we had the pleasure to meet for the first time. So I was very grateful for that. And make sure that you can actually come and tell your amazing story. So let me, just, let me just tell you a little bit about who she is. And we will go right into it because I can't wait to hear about how she got into the field at all and how her life looked like being surrounded by sweet babies. <laughs> so <laughs> Donovan Dominguez has been a midwife for over 18 years. And during that time, like I said, she delivered over a thousand babies, which is amazing. She owned one of the largest birth centers in Texas a 10,000 square foot building in on four acres. But then something happened in 2017 and she sold her birth center at the end of 2020 and has been involved in a whole different business since then. And we will be talking about that. Uh, I would love to go to the beginning though, if you don't mind, and and just, just learn how one become a midwife how how did it happen did you always want to do that or did you change careers how how did it happen in your life Donalyn 
<laughs> well, I've always loved babies. I mean, since I was a young, young girl and could help my older cousins with their babies when they couldn't do anything with them. It's just been a, and I understand my grandmother was the same way. She loved babies. Um, I thought because I had a very challenging young adulthood, mm -hmm. I thought that I was supposed to help young women and that loving babies was just sort of a, you know, side thing. I'd take babies away from people at the grocery store or at church. <laughs> My husband would say, you're going to get, you're going to get arrested if you don't stop that. But, uh, but I thought I was going to be a teacher, you know, somebody that helped young women get through life and blah, blah, blah. But those doors just never opened, regardless of how much preparation I did. Hmm. Um, so in, I don't remember what year it was, early 2000s, my husband uh, saw uh, an article in the paper about doulas. Now, doulas are different from midwives. They do comfort measures. And when he read the article and saw what it said about what you do, he said, this has your name written all over it. So I went for the training. It was just a three-day training and learned how to do comfort measures for ladies that were in labor and began to, to attempt to build, you know, a business with that. Mm -hmm. But even back, I mean, way back then, because that was probably 25 years ago, there were not many midwives practicing. There weren't many out-of-hospital birth facilities. And the girls that go to the hospital, some of them would decide they wanted to do it natural. But after they got there and got in labor and the nurses started telling them, if you don't get your epidural now, you're not going to be able to, they'd always give in. So my skills as a doula did not do much good. And I watched babies be born, not a lot, but, you know, probably 20 or so. Mm -hmm. And um, that was interesting. It was close, but it wasn't what I wanted. But then one girl hired me as a doula and she was single. And so when uh, it got time for her to have the baby. She was in labor. I went and spent the day with her and we labored together, took her to the hospital at the time she was supposed to go, according to my training, mm -hmm. when contractions were five minutes apart, they checked her, they kept her for about an hour and they sent her home. And I knew that she was progressing, but they said she wasn't, that she was not far along at all. And that gave her a sleeping pill and sent her home. Oh my God. So I'm thinking, wow. if she's really one or two centimeters, like they're saying, I don't know what I'm doing, Yeah. but okay, because I'm not a doctor. So we took her home 30 minutes after I got there, she delivered that baby. I delivered that baby on the bathroom floor. Oh my God. And of course it was, it was mortifying in a way but also so exhilarating. I thought, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. But I want a lot more training because I was so fearful for the health of the baby. Of course. But it was it was one of those births that I know now, if they come that fast and that easy, there's nothing wrong. It's all going to be good. So we got back to the hospital in the ambulance. 
me carrying the baby. And the nurse said, she's already delivered. And I said, I told you so, but I didn't tell her. So really just in my head. So that was sort of the beginning of my path. And after that, my daughter-in-law had a home birth and I was not with her all the way through her prenatal appointments, but I actually went to her home right after the baby was born and saw the beautiful process that midwives do, the herbal bath and all of the sweetness mm-hmm. and decided I'm going to do this. So I asked her midwife if she would be my preceptor. And she told me I had to think about it and pray about it for the next six months or something oh. before she would say yes, because it's a very important decision. It's not all, oh, so sweet, pretty babies. You know, you're taking a mama's life and a baby's life in your hands yeah. every time you deliver a baby. Yeah. So it's very serious. So we did all of that. I did become her student. I went to midwifery school training. Uh, I worked as an apprentice and a student for three years mm-hmm. and then got my license and began to deliver babies. And all of that was a long time ago now, but I was in my 50s, my early 50s when I started. Because it took me that long to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. But when I found it, I knew this is it. This is the thing I'm called to do. So I worked it hard. I worked it hard. I delivered as many babies as would come to me. I never had a limit. um, By the time I stopped, I had six to 16 births a month on the books. And that doesn't sound like a lot. If you're a doctor, that's no big deal. But for a midwife, we spend four to eight to 24 to 40 hours with the mama when she's laboring and delivering and then through postpartum. So it was a very, um, it was a very heartfelt profession. I'm so glad I've done it. And actually, now that I'm not practicing, although I will always be in that arena, Mm -hmm. but um, I really enjoy sleeping. You know, sometimes you leave the house as a midwife and you don't come back for 40 hours. That was my question, because you you probably didn't have much sleep over that time. And I'm sure that's part of what brought on the health condition that I was challenged with. Sorry, sorry. Can I ask you one thing? Because I love that you actually admitted that you came to that decision later in your life because some people believe, well, if I didn't do it in my 20s, it's too late for me now. And you absolutely screw that. You just went for it because that was your passion. Did you start it immediately as as your business or did you work with someone first? I always had a more experienced midwife than myself with me at birth, mm. but I, when I start, when I graduated and started practicing, and of course the first year I just had maybe seven, nine clients, not that many, uh, because I was new. But I did everything like we do, you know, whatever practice, whatever business you're doing, you do everything the very best you can be to get your name out there and to leave a good impression. So the births I did, I did with uh, extreme excellence. I always had a more experienced midwife with me for deliveries because I never wanted to risk mama or baby 
Um, some young midwives are real proud and puffed up and think they can handle anything. Well, that's not wise. So I always had someone with me. We had safe, beautiful births. The next year I had uh, almost 30, I think, clients. And after that, it just blew up. Yeah, so got out. <laughs> word got out yeah. um, because we really cared for them and we had the highest standards. We did yeah. not cut corners on anything. And um, so, yeah, I have had a very successful career as a midwife. See, it is beautiful for me. I never had my own children, so I never experienced the natural birth. But obviously, I have friends and, and uh, I have a stepdaughters that we always talked about. Uh, and everybody has that feeling that they want the more, more natural, calmer environment because the, the moment is the most beautiful moment in your life, but it's also very stressful. And Hospital could be very stressful, adding to that stress for sure. So I can just imagine if you had a beautiful place that people will feel calmer and being taken care of, that that must have contributed to the very smooth experience of the of the giving birth and, and everything surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Natural birth is not for everyone, but for the ones who want it, we could teach them to relax and work with them through every contraction. We had a beautiful birth tub in every every birth room mm-hmm. so they could have a water birth if they wanted. We called it our aqua du- uh, our aquadural instead of an epidural. epidural yeah, because cool. when you get in the water, it relieves the discomfort. So yeah, it it was a beautiful experience most of the time. Yeah, well, I can imagine that there was some, you know, like tough moments for you as as well as for parents to 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 face. It's it's like you said, it's the human life in your hands, and and anything can go wrong for sure. But is it still? Does it still exist since you sold it? It you does. I, I sold it three years ago, and but it's totally out of my control. It is not the same place that I. Mm-hmm ran so uh, it's it's another a whole different deal yeah well I must say if I was to be delivering a baby I would love to have you on my side because you have such a sweetness and calmness around you that comforts people it's 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 your personality it's your not only the expertise and knowledge but it's in you you know so I think you really met your fantastic dream uh, dream uh, work that you were doing but yeah it brought us to place when something not so great happened and you were you were forced to reconsider everything that you were doing and even though you love doing it so can you bring me to that moment please I will uh, while I owned my birth center that was 10 years out of my practice time and I had I I put a lot of time and effort and my heart into uh, building my birth center because I wanted it to be the way I wanted it to be. I had a vision for perfection, excellence. And so we bought the house, that huge house, Mm -hmm. and took it down to the rafters and redid everything. 
uh, painted, you know, plastered everything, decorated it, it so that it was beautiful, but it felt like my baby, you know. <laughs> and um, um, let's see, about, I guess, five years into the time that I owned a birth center, they, um, I discovered a place on my leg that didn't look normal. And so I went to the doctor and they said, yeah, this is very bad news. The worst you'd ever want to get. Yeah. We need to do surgery right away. Well, I was busy practicing, you know, right. so yeah. I went, well, I mean, okay. But I thought it would just be a small operation, remove the place that didn't look good. And I'd go on and be good, but it wasn't quite that simple. They did about a six inch incision. Uh, uh, I had, uh, they took a lymph node. I had a drain when I got home. It, it was, it was pretty extensive surgery and took me about six weeks on crutches and limping to recover from that. But I, I only stopped working for about four or five days because oh when you own the business, you can put you it on hold. Yes. Yeah, you don't say I'm going to go on sick leave for a while. I'll see you later, especially with something like babies. So, so I worked on crutches. I delivered babies on crutches. I did whatever needed to be done. And we so got also back. didn't allow yourself a lot of time to heal and rest. No, I just, I couldn't, you yeah. know. Um, so I thought everything was fine. But a year later, when I was drying after my shower, I discovered a lump above the incision. And I thought, I don't remember that being there before. Okay. So I made another appointment and went in. And by the time I got there, one week later, it was three lumps. And so they did some more testing and came back with, I'm so sorry. It has come back and we're, we've are we scheduled another surgery for next Tuesday. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're not gonna do a surgery until we look and see if it's anywhere else because you oh. can't just keep cutting parts of me off. Absolutely. So they did the, they uh, allowed me to, I changed doctors actually. And they had, they did some scans and some extensive testing and said, yes, we're so sorry. It has actually uh, moved into your lungs. So you're at the worst um, level that you could be with this condition and your prognosis for living is fair but we'll give you another eight to 13 months with our medical protocol that is four, um, four sessions of two bags of IV medicine, yeah. one every six weeks. The four were happening every six weeks. We started right away in that month. And the those sessions were $150,000 each. I heard you saying that somewhere and I I almost fell off my chair. Oh my we God. We did too. We almost fell off our chair and people yeah. go, well, you had insurance, but yes. But how many things have a 10% copay on them? So, you know, 10% is not very much money if you, if it's a hundred dollars, but when it's 150,000, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But my husband said, we'll figure it out. You have to do this. I want you to live. Yeah, so yeah, I said okay. So I mean, what, what happened with your business in the meantime at that time? Well, I take the I take the injections, 
And the first two weren't too bad. I didn't feel real good, but it wasn't awful. The third one killed my pituitary gland and put me in ICU because your pituitary gland makes cortisol and your body cannot live without cortisol. Hmm. So I almost died, but I did it. And when I got out, I went back to the doctor and he said, I won't give you the fourth treatment because that would kill you. But you have to take one of those two medications every month for the rest of your life. Not the main one, but the other one every month for the rest of your life because things are quiet right now. But they'll come back as soon as you stop taking the medicine. And I said, well, I don't know how crazy you think I am, but you just nearly killed me. And I'm not doing any more of your medicine. We're all done here. I'll find something natural or I'll go home. I, I But... I was a mess. My mouth was like hamburger. I couldn't hold any food. I was, I, it was awful. And I felt terrible awesome. because. Pardon me? How old you were at that time? At that time, I was, let's see, it was, uh, I was 65 yeah. when that happened. And, and so. And like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes 90 hours a week because you sometimes go to a birth and it's 40 hours, you know, you just never know. But um, yeah, so uh, I began to look for something natural. He had me on medicine to replace the cortisol that I no longer make, but that's a steroid. And so when the steroid wore off at 6 p.m. at night, I was done. Because when you don't have any cortisol in your system, you feel like you're going to pass out or throw up or both. You hold on to the walls to get to the nearest bed. And so I went to bed at 6 p.m. every night for 16 months. And in the meantime, looked for any kind of alternative treatment. I spent another $20,000 on alternative uh, things that were more natural and specific for the condition that I was trying to recover from. And nothing worked, nothing helped. I never felt better, not one day. So uh, the the original disaster happened in the 1st of September in 2016. In May of 17, I had been through all of these things to try to get better, didn't get better. My a nutritionist gave me a bottle of redox and but she didn't explain anything and I took it home and tasted it she signed me up for a case in a tube every month I tasted it and it tasted like a swimming pool and I thought she scammed me I was so mad oh I loved her but I thought she's into something and she just signed me up for some MLM and I can't believe she did that yeah so I was upset and, but I understand I did not feel well and hadn't for so long. Yeah. It's my excuse for being so ugly. Did you know her for a long time or was it? I had known her for several months. She had me on about 25 supplements per meal, trying to help me get better. And she was so sweet. She'd bring me bone broth because I couldn't have, I couldn't keep anything else down. She was a precious girl. Mm. She just didn't really know a lot about redox. 
and she moved right after she signed me up. She moved to another state. Oh no! So we didn't have much more contact. I was so busy during the day and went to bed the minute I could afterwards. So it was just not a good time. And Jim Glenn, who was an uh, an associate above her, he helped sign her up. Mm-hmm. Uh, was trying to contact me. He was texting and emailing and calling and calling and calling. But I'm like, I'm not doing network marketing, guys. Get back. And in the meantime, you have that product piling up and you didn't touch it, right? Nope. I mean, I don't know what that is, but I'm not drinking it. So finally in December... I actually had a knee replacement in August because the original surgery tore up the other knee. In December, he called again, and it was December 4th. I don't know why I answered the phone that day, but I did. And I was very, very, very low. I mean, kind of losing my will to live. It was just a battle every day. And he said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm not doing well. And he said, are you drinking the redox? I went, no, I'm not drinking that stuff. I don't even know what it is. And it tastes like a swimming pool. (laughs) He said, let me send you information. So he did. He sent me information, a lot of which I still use when I'm helping my people. And and he talked to me about the science, sent me the Tory lab study and some other things. And I looked at it and said, okay, I'm sorry. I still don't believe you. this sounds too good to be true. So it probably is, but I'm desperate. I knew I was not long for this world. And I said, because I'm desperate and because now I have seven cases stacked up, I did never turn off auto ship. So I'll drink it just to prove to you it's not going to work. Nothing else has. Yeah. This won't work either. And and you were in a serious, serious spot because there was multiple things going on that you you needed improvement. um, Yes. I know I would not have been here long if I hadn't found Redox, which is part of why I'm so passionate about it now. But uh, he said it's 100% non-toxic. It cannot hurt you. It can only help. It's not going to be contraindicated with anything else you're taking. And I went, okay, then if a little's good, more's better. And I'll just drink it up and show you it's not going to work. So I started with two ounces twice a day. And then in a couple of days, I increased the amount. And I increased and increased and increased until I was drinking a bottle a day. And three weeks after he, he called me, which was December 4th, it was right before Christmas, Uh, I was wrapping Christmas presents and my husband walked in and said, do you know what time it is? I went, no. He said, it's 11 o'clock. I said, it's 11 o'clock and I'm still awake and I feel good. He said, it's 11 o'clock. So I went to bed praying, please don't tease me. Don't let me get my hopes up and then be disappointed again because I knew I couldn't handle it emotionally or mentally. And so was it, I first promised, time, was it the first time you noticed something different? Yes. Yeah. The first time, but I was drinking a lot. Yes. That was really fast, but I was drinking so much. And I had been doing right things 
for that entire 16 months. Since I first got the diagnosis, I cleaned up my diet. I ate organic. I drank clean water. I had no sugar. I did all the right things, but the cells weren't signaling. And when the cells aren't signaling, nothing else matters. Like Alan Noble always says. So, um, so I, had increased. I was up till 11 o'clock that night. I went to bed and promised that if this was working for me, that I would tell everyone and give God the glory because I had been praying so hard for something. And so the next day I woke up, my energy was good. And I kept feeling better and better. Two weeks later, my 21 year old student said she couldn't keep up with me. And I went, yes. So um, I was very encouraged, but I was still going down the stairs bad leg first because that knee was so bad. Mm -hmm. And now we're five months after the surgery. But because I was on a steroid, it wouldn't heal. So I was rubbing gel on the knee twice a day, but we didn't know about three times in five minutes back then. And it didn't feel like anything or smell like anything. So I thought this is dumb, but I said I would use it. So I'm using it. So I did. And one day they called me um, and said, you've got to come downstairs quickly. I lived above the birth center. And I said, they've got it. You got to come down quick. Somebody's here to see you. And I said, okay. And I wasn't thinking. I trotted to the bottom of the stairs like I was 15 years old. And nothing hurt. It wasn't swollen. It wasn't stiff. And I was amazed. I was so excited when I got to the bottom of the stairs and realized what I'd done that I just ran to the midwife office and told everybody, it's a miracle. Look what I can do. I was doing jump squats. I was running up and down the stairs for everybody. I couldn't believe it, but I had hope for the first time in two years, really. You know, it's interesting what you're saying, because I realized so many people, when they start taking it and they are conditioned to be like, you take a pill and something goes away, uh, they are used to that. And this is not it. And so they are not trained to be watching for what is different mm-hmm. and you were a medical professional and you didn't notice until suddenly you were up for several more hours than you normally would pass out to bed so it is so eye-opening that you know we, we sometimes forget about things we don't we no longer have because we don't have them anymore exactly exactly yeah. and you and you don't realize that something was uncomfortable or to what degree until it goes away because you just sort of try to accept, well, I'm getting older, you know, it's normal to have aches and pains or it's normal to stand up out of bed and have to take two or three minutes to get everything moving before you can walk. I noticed several months in that I was jumping out of bed and taking off and I went, I didn't used to be able to do that. I had to oil the joints first don't have to do that anymore. So now I'm six years older than I was then. And I feel 10 years younger than I was then. 
and my labs are always perfect. My scans are always perfect. That's and the major, major part. I am 100% healthy and the most grateful woman on the planet yeah. because Virtus Norton took a chance and chose the people over the money. And Tyler teaches us to um, stretch and dream and grow instead of being scared to move because of whatever reason, you know, usually we're too self-conscious to try to do something mm -hmm. different when we're older and I'm old and I don't have any network marketing experience. You're not old, Donalyn. Well, I mean, Our the number's problem. big, the number's big, but no, you're right. I'm not old, yeah. but number's big. And uh, to take on something brand new at my age, Sounds like a scary thing, but and it plus you had a big issue with that. I had that a big issue because big issue. You, did you have bad experience before with someone? Yeah, I mean, 30 years ago, you know, I just saw some real negatives and swore I'll never do anything like that. Yeah, and and a lot of people brought their products to me as a midwife mm -hmm. because they knew I had a big following a big clientele base yeah. and I felt like they just want to fish in my pool and we're not playing. I'm not going to sell their products for them. Mm -hmm. So I, I was ugly. I understand. I know more now. I have been taught many lessons through this, but I'm so, so grateful that Jim Glenn called one more time and encouraged me to try this because I know I would not be sitting here talking to you, Vera had I not gotten on redox signaling molecules. So I'm very grateful. It's, it's you know, every story I hear, it's more and more moving for me because we always somehow end up at Northern, North, Burtis um, Norton. Burtis Norton and Tyler because this company really is not like anything else that I have ever seen. And there are people that, have been in this industry, I never was, but there are people that have been in this industry for life age, 30, 40 years, when it was still really kind of fishy. And they have seen it all. They have seen the ugly and bad. And, and they say that there is no other company like this with the leadership, uh, like Danielle says, the principles and people between before the economics and and okay. ego, right? Yeah. And it's hard to believe until you really meet these people. And it's funny how I realized back in Dallas again last week that somehow we always ended up hugging and crying together. <laughs> of course, I mean it's very emotional. There are so many people. I mean, some people just finally got to the place that they could sleep well and that's huge if they've never been able to sleep you know but then there are people like me that literally would not be here yeah had I not found these yeah. so and you, you were know so we're, grateful. we're all we're all the same grateful it doesn't matter how serious or or how little the condition seems to somebody else to you, if you're experiencing it, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how did you overcome your resistance towards 
sharing it with others because obviously you were smitten by how it helped you. So now you feel compelled to to tell others about it, but you did you go into the business right away or did you hesitate more because you already had business? I had a very busy business and I was I felt like I was three years behind because I had not been able to work as hard yeah. uh, during that treatment time and all of that negative. So I was trying to catch up. I was excited, but I mostly was excited to feel good again. Yeah. I felt like I had just had my life handed back to me. You know, there was one one thing I remember when we spoke and you mentioned that you were not complaining in front of anybody because you couldn't afford to lose another business. No young mom would be scheduling bird with you if you if she felt that you are not 100% there for her when she needs you right that's another thing that doesn't even cross my mind when you when I think about business like yours it's building trust for months yeah I didn't tell anyone I had to keep it a secret because I had one mom find out and she took she she stopped she went to a doctor and I've talked to her since then and we both cried because I had delivered all of her babies three and then she had a set of twins and I was scheduled to deliver them and she had the most beautiful births her first birth was a breach that was a breeze Mm -hmm. and so and I loved her I loved my girls they were like my daughters my daughters and so I ended up going to the hospital and helping her with those babies, but I didn't get to deliver them because we were at the hospital, not at the birth center. It was a perfect birth. So a while later, I talked to her and I said, why did you leave? And she said, I was afraid you were going to die before my babies were born. And I couldn't handle it emotionally. I couldn't be as attached as I was to you and then have you die and not be there for my birth may have to have somebody else yeah which is understandable but it hurts at the same time that's fair yeah I mean I don't blame you that's fair so it didn't just hurt me you know it it hurt her but um I didn't tell anybody else you know I was keeping it a secret I was keeping it a secret from my twins uh the rest of my family I didn't want anybody worried we had lost my daughter just uh, two years before, and I I didn't want to put that on anybody else. I didn't want them worrying about it. That's so a lot I'm of hiding stress to keep and for thinking. yourself. That's a lot of stress to keep for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so the reason that I changed my mind about network marketing and this business in particular is because when I got well, Like I said, I felt like I'd been handed my life back and I began to tell everybody my miracle. I wasn't talking about a business. I wasn't talking about, I was just talking about a miracle and I knew it came to me through that blue bottle. I prayed for 16 months, but that blue bottle is what came to me that worked. And so I was just excited to have something that worked on every person every condition because our bodies are all made of the same cells 
and we're all low on redox signaling molecules. We're just replenishing what we don't make anymore. And we need them at different levels in different amounts, but we have something that can help us. And it's the exact same thing our bodies produce. So it can't fail. You know, I started using it on my pregnant girls and had so much fun collecting data on how much better their pregnancies were with redox than without. So um, it just made sense to me that this this was something that helps people. But I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to build a big business and retire. That was never on my mind. I was just busy working my birth center, sharing my miracle because people could see a difference. Yeah. Before I was walking in, holding on to the walls, trying to get to my chair, letting my students do most of the work while I supervised, you know. Um, and now I'm jumping up and down and you know just so enthusiastic about life again because I felt good so um it was not really an intentional I'm gonna do this kind of thing it was more of we just got to help people I got my life back and they'd say what about this do you think it would work on whatever they had I go I don't know they say it's effective with anything that involves cells your body's the one that heals it so but it's guaranteed for the first 30 days so try it you don't have anything to lose well they try it and get good results and they tell somebody else and they try it and tell somebody else and in three weeks no it was three months jim glenn called me back and said donalyn are you ever gonna open your smart wallet and i said what's a smart wallet email is the last house on the block for me. Um, I was too busy for it. I text everything all the time, but email, I don't check very often. He said, they're trying to pay you. And I said, pay me. They're going to pay me because the things that I have been in because the products were good. I never hardly made any money, you know, maybe do a whole lot to try to promote the product and sell it and get a $200 check. And I'm just like, that is not even worth the time. Yeah. But I looked in my bank account three months in and I was shocked at how much money was there. I couldn't believe it. Jim had helped me a lot with the signups and I was just going about my prenatal business. And here it was. And that's when I decided I need to figure this out because this could be a source of income for me when I retire. Not that I was thinking I ever would. I loved what I was doing. I was finally back. So, But, you know, when you're 66, you need to kind of think about if you don't have any retirement, you might ought to think about what you're going to do. I don't claim to be the sharpest tool in the shed. I was just passionate about what I was doing. And um, we owned the property. So my husband kept saying, that's our retirement. We, we've got that nest egg. We own that property. But we found since then that you don't sell something the minute you, yeah, you know, the exactly. minute you retire you and say, it. okay, I need that money, so let's sell it. It doesn't work that way. And who knows where the economy would be at the moment you need to sell, right? Exactly. Yeah. Plus, so, you also you had quite a big financial loss 
thanks to the treatments and all that, you know, all that time that you couldn't be there 100% present for your business. So I'm sure you were hurting as well financially. Yes, yes. Coming all that. Yeah. More so than I probably knew, my husband was handling all of the admin stuff at that point. Um, but then in 18, I got well the very end of 2017, beginning of 18. And in October of 2018, he had a major health issue. So mm-hmm. and he had to retire and I had to take over his position. And that's really when I began to think, okay, I'm going to sell this. It's too much. I can't do all of the paperwork, all of the office management, um, deliver the babies. You know, I just couldn't. It was too much. You were so, a superwoman, but with limits. <laughs> yeah. I just decided if, you know, I'm tired of being superwoman. So it took another year and a half to actually get the the business sold. So I worked all the way to the end of 2020. But by then, um, I had advanced in rank enough that I did have a good income from uh, uh, from my Redox business. That's amazing. That's amazing. And look at you today. We had no idea when I was asking Donalyn to to be on my podcast because I just loved her her midwife story and and the health challenge that she overcame so strongly. But we had no idea she would be voted the business builder of the year. She couldn't believe it walking on the stage. She was still saying that they made a mistake. Uh, I'm still in shock. It was amazing. I loved it. Congratulations, Donalyn. Thank you very much. You know, it shows your work ethic and your determination and your honesty because you saw something so powerful to overcome the the prognosis that you were receiving and you just felt compelled that everybody needs to know about it and and it's you know it's sometimes it it just hurts my feeling when people think we are just trying to sell something mm-hmm. and it you does know. mine too. It does mine too. You want to shake them and say, I don't, I don't care you about no money. Yeah. I care about your life, you yeah. know? Yeah. And if it's not yours, maybe your mom's, maybe your husband's, maybe your son, uh, you know, illness is not restricted to age at all. There are a lot of young people in the world that are not doing well. And when you think about the alternative for healing, which the majority of people go to the doctor, get a prescription. You know, I saw what prescriptions can do too. Oh, yes. Damage. So to have something that's 100% non-toxic can help your body repair anything that involves cells. I mean, how how can anyone say that's expensive? What is your life worth? What is your health worth? What is your liver and kidney worth? So what if Medicare doesn't pay for it? You know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. so many people will realize it's it's just so embedded in them to to just do what doctor says. And I'm not trashing doctors. There are doctors out there and we need them. 
Some of my very best friends are doctors. I love them and I'm glad they're there when we need them. Absolutely. But it's not always the last, the first and last choice that you have. And for me, I was in nutritional space and I thought the food was everything, you know, and it is a lot. Food is 95% of your health. If you really want to eat, make better choices for you. But even there, people would like, well, that's not life. They would have all the GI issues ending up in hospital and they would rather take pill and eat the same garbage they used to eat their whole life because they don't want to change things. And it's just, for me, it's mind boggling because I pretty soon learned that I want to be in charge of my health. I don't want to be forced to have my retirement age going from doctors to doctors you know replacing parts and doing all that stuff that seems to be natural for the older age it doesn't have to be it does not have to be so many new things came out last several years that that allows us to take care of our health much more naturally without side effects and without all the issues that it's creating new that you know sometimes comes together with the pharmaceuticals and you know the first hand because obviously you were in medical field and and you have seen what is possible and what is not possible sometimes to overcome and really even in the natural arena there is nothing that compares with redox. And that's the reason I decided to use it with my pregnant girls because I had not one thing on my shelf that I could say, here, try this, it's 100% non-toxic. Those products do not exist. Doesn't matter how many times the word natural is on the bottle, it doesn't mean it's 100% non-toxic. So I thought, this is all I've got that I could offer that would help their body repair any condition, whether I know it's happening or not. And who wouldn't rather invest in their health while they're well than pay for recovering it after they lose it? And what all happens in that space? You know, when, when your health is gone and you're in bed recovering or trying to, that's a miserable time. We can avoid all that just by investing in your health up front. So I'm in love. This is what I will do for the rest of my life. I love it. I love it. And you know, it's been a very sad moment for me when you when you just said what you said, because when I first uh, heard about it, I didn't even bother to look it up. I didn't even bother to open that video that someone sent me and because I thought I knew it all. You know, I was in that arena for a long time and supplements and all this stuff. And I knew what is natural out there and what, and you know, a few months later, my husband was diagnosed and we didn't know about because I didn't look at it. I didn't bother to look at it. and. Then that same person later on when unfortunately I lost my husband very fast approached me again and he sent me uh, one of the videos Dr. Silverman uh, recorded when he speaks about like why don't why wouldn't you look at it it may not be for you but maybe for someone who, who you love that may not even be here by the time you look at it and I I was 
blown away because it just hit me right in my heart. And I went back to look at the date when he first approached me. And it was the December before my husband was diagnosed. I'm so sorry. You know, so, so many of us have a story like that. Heartbreaking, I, yeah. I know. And, and obviously you don't know if it would make a difference. You don't know, but there no. was a chance and we didn't take it. We didn't know about it or we were too arrogant to think that we know better. And yeah. it's, a, it's a sad thing for me to think about because that's why it became so meaningful for me when I saw what it did with my health that was nowhere near as challenging as yours. But this guilt on top of that made me wanting to, to make sure that everybody knows about it. And it's it's been really some of the most heartbreaking moments for me when you know someone is going through a really hard time and this has all the chances for him to to get better and they wouldn't even look yeah. they just refuse it right off the band and it's it's just breaks my heart not because of my feelings but because for them yeah well i i totally understand and you know we don't want to try to force anybody i i, I always tell people i think sell is a four-letter word i don't use it i don't want to sell anything but i do want to share I do want to let at least inform you yeah. about something that's out here that could help. If you want it, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. But let me do my part to at least give you the information and then you make the decision. Exactly. And you can't you can't carry guilt, Vera. I know I know what you're saying, but don't do that to yourself because you know everything we experience gets to be used in the future. You're more passionate because of your first reaction. You're more passionate to help people. And think not, don't think about the one person that did not, that you didn't help. Think about all the people you have helped. Yeah. And I know there's been thousands and I'm very proud of you. I'm so sorry for your loss. I know that's so hard, um, but I didn't no. mean to go there. I don't know why. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I lost my daughter two years before I got sick. And after I found this, I thought, I wonder, you know, I wonder if I had had this, would she still be here? But we just can't go there. Life is what it is. Of course, we couldn't never know. But just the, the, just the chance that there may have been, it's it's. Mm -hmm. Really and sad. we also know that we can't claim to heal or prevent or diagnose any kind of disease. We don't know how everyone's body is going to respond to redox signaling molecules. We just know that there's a very good chance that it's the missing link. And that it cannot hurt. Respond. It can really hurt well. anybody. Yeah. Can't hurt and can only help. So what do we have to lose? Let's try it. And so many people get amazing results when they do. So very grateful for that. That's, that's, I would, I would ask you, what would you tell to someone who is looking at this and thinking, maybe I should give it a chance, or maybe I know of someone that needs help. And I wonder if it would work for them. What would you tell them 
that you didn't yet because you you basically said it all but but maybe we can close with something that stays with you as your own wisdom that you may want to share with others no i was the i was the person that wanted nothing to do with network marketing so i understand when people go you know get out of my face i don't want anything to do with that i respect that and i tell them i respect that i felt the same way yeah. but you probably heard something that reminded you of a situation someone you know has so be kind and connect them to me or the person that told you about this because they might not be here next year if they don't find out about redox signaling molecules. I know I wouldn't have made it another year. Jim Glenn chased me and bugged me for seven months. And but you I'm only afraid. went on it to prove him wrong. Yeah, I only I only did it. I thought this guy will finally leave me alone if I'll just drink it and show him it's not going to work. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did that. So sorry that I was so hard headed for so long before. But I understand we're all human, but you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And if it's not for you, it might be for somebody you really love. Your husband, your wife your mother, your father, you know, so many stories out there are about loved ones that we've lost. Maybe it's a best friend, you know, um, Leland tells a story about a dear friend of his, but he was trying to get successful enough that he could present and, you know, impress this friend enough that he would try it. And the friend passed away in the process. So he's carrying that same kind of thing. I should have told him sooner. You know, right. but those experiences encourage us to open our mouths to everybody and say, this is for you, not for me. I'm not trying to sell you anything or get you into anything. I am trying to give you information that could save your life or someone you love. Yeah. And so at least educate yourself. I don't care what you do with it, but educate yourself. So that's that's what I tell people. That's what I feel like doing as well, because we cannot, we cannot force people to drink. We can only bring them to the water. That's exactly right. With the information, no matter how, how heartbreaking it could be for me, that they are not willing to help themselves. Uh, it's it's up to them, and it's everybody has choices. But there are some people out there praying for hope. Yeah, those Thank are the ones here. that deserve to know. Um, when I was a young girl, someone told me, young woman, I was adult, but someone told me that uh, I was the only person they had ever met that collected people for a hobby. So if you like to collect people for a hobby like I do, tell them about this miracle in a bottle yeah. because it may be life changing for them too. So that's all the side of all your happy mamas with the with the big football feel of babies that are growing up and did you oh that was one one question that came to mind when you were talking about your midwife uh, career did you ever experience that you would have the baby that you delivered returning as a mama and delivering her her own baby i was so old that that would be that would be hard Six, I do have girls now that are, are kids that are 16, 17, mm -hmm. 18. 
I mean, it could happen, but it would be pretty unlikely. Um, and of course, I'm still licensed. I could deliver one of my grandbabies, yeah. uh, but I probably wouldn't because I'm not really set up as an office anymore with my labs and my collaborative care physician and all the things I had then. But I assist first. So sometimes when my girls come back and I've had three or four or five or six or seven babies with them and they want me to be there for their delivery, I just go and assist the midwife that they've hired so that I get to experience that with them and love them through. But yeah, I didn't ever get to see the end. I've got got wife Yeah. It, It is a beautiful life that you live. And you have made a lot of impact with something that you did for 20 years. And look at the impact you're making now. I pray that we make a big impact, Vera. We got lots of people to talk to, you know? Yeah, yes, we do. So it was such a pleasure to having you on. I seriously, I so appreciate that you go and you don't hesitate to share your story. That was definitely not easy. What you went through and what everything it affect. And you are using your story to be the, the, the mentor of good news. When we look at, when we think about those very dark times in our lives that we didn't know if we were gonna be able to live through. Yeah. It's so rewarding to look back and go, that was that was a terrible time. But now I'm so grateful I went through it because I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know any of those people at convention. I've got friends and really almost close enough to be family all yeah. over the world, Canada and Mexico, all over the United States, all because I went through that very dark, 16, 18 months. So I'm grateful for it now. I didn't know how to be grateful for it during the time that I was going through. Oh, that's hard to be grateful for something like that, for sure. (laughs) But I hope that gives somebody hope. If they're going through a bad, bad, bad time, just understand, you'll get to use that for good later. Yes. we We just do what we can do to... You know, keep the faith and get through and get well. And Redox is our answer. So I'm excited. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you're right there because that community that I gained myself as well, I'm still counting my blessings for the the, the quality of people that I met and got surrounded by. And it was the worst time of my life as well, different for different reasons than yours. But when I started working with this company, all these people I didn't know two weeks ago surrounded me like family. And it was it was very, very meaningful, very helpful for me to get over what I need needed to get over with. And because my family, what is left of it is far away in Europe and I had nobody here. And so that was that was another huge benefit for me to meet so many wonderful people with the heart in the right place that were ready to be there for you. The community that you gain is just amazing. Yeah. You know, 
Chris and I just marvel at the number of friends we have now. When I was delivering babies, of course, I could never go anywhere because there was always a baby due. And I had a lot of friends, but my friends were my clients. They were the girls in their 20s and early 30s. And I loved them and they loved me. But we didn't have a lot of you know, regular life in common. They're in their ages and I'm much older, but we didn't have have time to go develop friendships for people we could run around with and stuff. And now we've just got it all, all the ages, all the people, all the love, all the support, we all do. And it is, it's an amazing blessing. I'm certainly happy for it. You're you're right there. Yeah. You had a very busy and successful life, but you didn't have much of your own personal life to enjoy it. None. Yeah. 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 I bet your husband is much happier as well. I think so. I think so. We get to go do things. We we can go out to eat and not have to take two cars in case I get called to a birth. You know, we can... Yeah, you know, make plans. That's funny when you think of it because doctors are on call once in a while. Once in a while, you were on call nonstop, twenty four seven for eighteen years. Well, That's fifteen funny. before I retired, but for fifteen years, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We went to church in two cars because half the time I'd get called out and he'd have Just to in case. Yeah. Catch him, ride home or drive himself. So it's hard to imagine for regular people when they complain about their hard work or how much time they spend at work, but they got to get home and, and put it all behind them. And this was like, you never close the door. You, no, you have to be on call at four o'clock in the morning if necessary, because babies don't make appointments. They just oh, show they up. sure don't. They sure don't. They have a they have a time set, and yeah. you're going to be there for it, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> and it's funny. I just right before we got on a call to to record this podcast, I had I have spoken with the mama that is almost ready to deliver. Few oh. days. I didn't know when we were. She she will be on my podcast a few weeks from now. Uh, well, probably longer than that because I didn't know she was expecting, and her date is on Sunday, uh-huh. so I'm I'm thinking she's gonna be you know very busy for a few months before we get she to record, record the podcast. But it's it's just interesting. You meet so many people uh, with so many different life stories, and like you said, while you go through the hardship, is it's hard to be grateful for it. But when you have your hard in the right place you will learn that all of this was for better and it's just it you wouldn't be the same person you are today if you didn't go through it no that's right well it was such a pleasure donalyn i knew it i i loved you from the first moment i saw you on calls you really have this sweetness around you that is so powerful and I wish you all the best health and success and joy and love. And thank you so much for making time for me for this podcast. And I know how busy you are and you need some life and rest. But I'm really grateful you shared your story and you shared your message because it's it's important. Thank you very much, Vera. And you're delightful. And I wish all the very best to you as well. And I'm so proud of you that you do these podcasts. That's so 
uh, advanced for me. Computers oh. are only my friend when they work, which is not often. So you know, this is pretty simple to do because you go on Zoom. So it is as simple as doing a Zoom, but then you have to do the little technical stuff after that. But this was very close to me because I used to be editor in chief back in Czech. And the best part of my job was to meeting people and learn about their stories. Oh. And I got to meet some really incredible VIPs and famous actors and singers. That wall behind me, uh -huh. it's all famous Czech people from Czech show business that obviously nobody here, it means anything to them, but to us, it was people that I got to meet an interview for the magazine that I was editor-in-chief of. So it was very natural to go there because it 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 kind of opens the window to the soul. You can talk or you can write things and, and people have some sense of you, but if you speak with, you know, with conviction and with openness like you do, people have a sense of real you of like you resonate with them on a whole different level and that's what i'm trying to achieve because i'm showcasing people that that overcame something really hard and became better for it like you said and it's it's for all of us to get motivated when we have through hard time and when we maybe are trying to draw that strength that once before got us through it and now we can be motivated by somebody else's story and keep that hope that there is always light at the end of the tunnel like they say yeah that's absolutely true and and make connections like you and i so yeah. you know that if you ever need anything i want to be here for you and i feel like i could call you for absolutely. anything also so that's another beautiful thing that you're doing so kudos to you for collecting this information and sharing it. I'm Thank very you, proud of you. And tell me if somebody by any chance want to reach out to you for any reason, would there be some uh, place that you would prefer them to reach out to you? Could it be maybe uh, that can People can reach me on Messenger. That's usually the best way for me to do the first contact. Okay. Um, I am going to be doing some things this next year to collect more pregnancy uh, statistics, mm -hmm. but I don't have that platform quite ready yet. So I may at some point have a Facebook page, Instagram page, that kind of thing where people can leave messages or interact with me, but I'm not, I'm not even... Uh, techie enough to put that all together yet. Oh, I understand. So, it's, it's, so no we're working on it. We're working on it. I'm still trying to grow. <laughs> but you have all, already developed uh, like sci scientific study that you were able to share. I'm sorry I missed that because it was the day before I came to Dallas. Yes, it, it was fun to do and it was so much fun to present. Uh, so I'm grateful to the company. And as soon as they give me the go-ahead, we'll do more. Yeah, and you did it on your own. It was not, you know, you were not asked or paid for it to. You no, know. Uh -uh. in fact, I felt like I was Virtus Norton. I was just going out on a limb, uh, gathering this information to see what what would happen, see if there was a difference, and oh my, there was such a difference. Yeah. So I'm really glad that. I had the courage to do that. I sort of felt like I was 
sneaking around and breaking rules, but I was very careful. And I did follow the recommendations in that I was the healthcare provider that was recommending it and following them, but our results were so good. So I'm excited to do more. That's a good testimonial for your work as well, because you always care about these things and you want to make sure everything is 100% for everybody involved. And that was big success. Congratulations on that. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. And thank you for today. This has been so much fun. I feel like we should go to lunch, but I guess we're maybe not close enough to do that. I would jump in a car and just keep going. It's probably going to take hours. <laughs> but I had that same feeling when I first saw you. And when I first met you, of course, you are exactly how I imagined you would be. And I'm <laughs> sure people have I'm in Delray Beach, Florida. Okay. Yeah, you're a long way from me. Yes, I am. But I'm sure I will be around. But this was my first time in Dallas oh. last week. And I'm trying to do more of these things that I used to keep for later because didn't have time, didn't have what. And then you realize, yeah, you do them or you don't do them because, uh, you know, we, we do have limited time on this earth. Go Always. ahead and do them. Go ahead and exactly. do them. Sure. Let's make memories. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I won't say when, but I'm sure I would like to go back to Texas and explore and see the beautiful country of the republic of texas <laughs> yeah yeah the united state of texas that's what we are <laughs> that's what i that's what i meant to say and i said country but i know i know all that and there is also a, a you you know that i'm czech origin like right i was born in czechoslovakia and there's a huge strong czech community in in texas that we used to work with when i was back in czech people that came in like 18th century and they were coming back to Czech Republic to find their roots and their ancestry and they were learning the language and traditions and cooking and all that stuff so we were very involved there was quite a few organizations that were sending people to Czech because they wanted to learn their heritage so I know that there's there are still some strong communications communities there in Texas. I think I have seen the Czech festivals Yes. I, I know that I've been in a long, long time, but there yeah. are Czech festivals yeah. that happen in the little towns between here and, you know, South Texas. So. I think there was a huge one in Houston. I have never been there, but there was one of the places that a lot of Czech people from three generations back came That's and settled. Awesome. Yeah, in Texas. How cool. All right, sweetheart. Well, thank, thank you so, so much. much. I've had a great time and Me we'll see again soon. Me too. And have a good one. All right. Bye-bye.